0: Rather than just just focus on the high peaks, I wanted to really explore some of the some of the low areas, some of the valleys, and and some of the rail trails and things like that. So that's what pulled me into the Catskills. Uh, Stace.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Ra- Randy pulled me into this because she needed help, and I just thought this would be such a fun adventure. Um, I hadn't hiked much in the Catskills, and it just seemed you know, we live in Rochester and everyone around here goes to the Adirondacks. And I thought it's the same yeah. four hours in the car. Why right. don't people go to the Catskills? And it was such a great trip. I went a couple times uh, over the you know, over the course of writing this, but the, the one concentrated time when I'd spent the, uh, I think it was 12 days there, it was just so beautiful. And we drove into Woodstock and found a swimming pool.
2: Wherever you go into the Catskills, you could look down and imagine glaciers below you.
0: I think the weather challenges on this incident were particularly difficult.
1: Whereas well, Panther Mountain is totally opposite, it's a mountain on top of a crater.
0: It is really the development of New York State. Catskills are responsible. Yeah.
2: Welcome to Inside the Line. The cat skills. Do you guys know what the Pacific Crest Trail is, the PCT?
0: Sure. Yes.
2: So 2,642 miles, four hundred thousand feet of elevation gain. A guy completed it in 52 days, eight hours and 25 minutes.
1: God. Wow. Yeah. Who who was he? Is he a god?
2: uh i don't know he was a really long-haired bearded guy from the pictures i saw this was set last week so i mean under two months usually it takes my i actually had a friend on here that did the pacific crest trail and she said it was around six months so yeah 52 days
0: all the books i've read were were at least six months and a harrowing journey so good for him
2: Exactly. You go from uh, the desert all the way up to fourteen thousand feet, maybe if you go to Mount Whitney. So that's insane. So I didn't know if you guys heard of that. That's an amazing accomplishment in under two months. Uh, I I'd love to see if he, if if he's taken any videos of how fast he was going. You know, jogging, running. I guarantee, once in a while, when it's flat, he was probably jogging pretty fast paced, but going up some of those those steep uh, passes has got to be tough and then camping and sleeping. Did
1: he have yeah. people following him with food or anything like that? Or he just did it all on his own.
2: I should, I should probably look that up. Give me one second, but yeah, that's a good question actually, because, you know, like, a, like resupplying, you're, you're right. Actually resupplying is really important, especially there. Cause you have to go six, seven miles off the trail to, uh, resupply so his name was timothy olson he's a bearded guy
1: run Um, forrest run
2: did you see the picture
1: yeah yeah you can
2: see that definitely (laughs) yeah he looks like forrest gump right and he's barely carried anything
0: so yeah which is interesting
2: he must have had people at least meet him and resupply it's got to be it's got to be uh supported i know it's not unsupported so um let me see less than 24 hours he completed it um, every through car here, extra miles because of uh closures. He looks like he's oh, amateur, yeah, okay. He's not an amateur athlete, he's done the triple crown, so that's pretty huge. Oh. The PCT, the AT, and the CDT, the continental divide,
0: right? And 100 mile endurance run and things, like, okay. So he's he's the these guys who do the the trail running, you know, a lot of the trails in the Catskills and in the Hudson Valley have the the lights along them on the trees so that people can do the the overnight running and, you know, things like that. And I just I, I went through some of these trails thinking, how how do you do that without breaking a leg yeah. <laughs> or smashing a knee? It just yeah. seems impossible. But if he can do it, good for him.
2: Yeah. And and the cool thing is a lot of people use, uh, I mean, if they're East coasters, they use the Catskills or something as a uh, training ground because it's, it's very difficult. You can get speed on the Catskills because of how difficult the trails are. You can get speed out in the Pacific because out in the Pacific, those trails are beautifully played. They almost paved for you basically. So excellent. Congratulations to uh, that guy. Uh, maybe I can find out who he is. He's probably on hundred podcast right now. So
0: <laughs> probably so. Yes
2: excellent so welcome to episode 45 of inside the line of catskills tonight i am joined by randy and stacy uh they have made the book hiking in the catskills it's i think i got i got luckily i got sent a, a book by randy and stacy and i checked it out and it was fantastic i mean you guys covered everything not not just the high peaks not just the the most popular areas but other areas all around the Catskills, and I was—I was to be honest, I was very impressed. I was skeptical at the beginning, to be honest. I'm going to be honest, sure. but yeah,
0: you—you you are not the only one who is skeptical. I've run into uh, the books I've done in that in that general area. Uh, I've run into the New York New Jersey Trail Conference and uh, lots of authors who who want to tell me everything they know, and I'm glad they want to share information because that that doesn't always happen, uh, but it. It was a, it was daunting when our publisher came to us with the idea of doing a, a Catskill regional guide. It, it was a little scary because I know how passionate people are about hiking in the Catskills and you're one of them. Of stat. course.
2: I definitely, I, I definitely have a passion for the Catskills. I don't know. It, it's, it's gone far and wide, but Hey, I, I enjoyed this book and I'm not just saying that to get, uh, you know, publicity or something like that, or get be popular, I enjoyed it It this. It it covered the lowlands. It covered the highlands. It covered the waterfalls. It covered the, um, the paved areas, you know, it, it will get people more than just the high peaks is, is what I thought. So uh, when does, we'll we'll just say this right now. When does that book come out?
0: It is out now. Uh, You can find it in bookstores across New York state and as well as on Amazon and all, all the usual places. So, uh, and it actually has kind of taken off in the first couple of weeks. We've seen some, uh, some really nice sales happening.
2: Good. Excellent. That's great.
0: We wanted to cover a lot of
1: things that people, even a friend of mine who lives in the Catskills who came on some of these hikes with me, uh, he was like, wait, I I never heard of that place. He had never heard of Rochester Hollow.
0: Um, and, And a lot
1: of the places I thought we wanted to cover places where people could bring their kids. We know that lots of people from New York City are coming up to the Catskills, and maybe we found some hidden places that some people downstate might not have found yet.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, a a lot of, of course, uh, the big publicity is the 3500 Club, of course, and Catterskill Falls and Mm -hmm. um, all those places. So to get people spread out is what kind of we want. So. Excellent. I'm great. I'm glad to have you guys here to talk about this. This is going to be excellent, fun, and informative. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, monthly subscribers, Darren White, Vicki Ferreira, John Comiskey, Alan Begincourt, Sarah Bacon, Jim C. and Michael Wagner. Thank you guys very much for contributing monthly to the show. I really appreciate it. So Randy and Stacey, are you guys having anything to drink tonight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a boring thing of cold water. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, and sadly, I, I know that later on in, in the evening, there is a uh, smoked bourbon cocktail with my name on it.
1: Um, I Ooh. gave
0: my husband a smoker for his birthday, and now we're trying <laughs> out every whiskey we, we can get our hands on to see how smoking it makes a difference. So, <laughs> so, but- so how
2: does how does that work out? How do you, how does that, I, I don't understand what the smoke I set the uh...
0: house on fire? Well, we do it out on the porch. (laughs) Okay, very much a summer activity, Uh, but it's a it's a little like a little propane torch, uh, like you would use maybe to make cherries jubilee in your kitchen, and it's uh, it comes with various kinds of wood chips, uh, pecan, oak, cherry. And a little, a little grating to put over the glass and you put, you put your bourbon or or whatever whiskey in in the glass and you put this little grating on top and a a little bit of wood shavings and you light it up.
2: Interesting.
0: uh, Yeah, for about five seconds and the the glass fills with smoke and then it, it has a little cover that puts out the flame and, you know, lets that lets all that smoke go in. And I'm told this is already old hat to the hipsters out there, but to yep, us yep. it was a it was a revelation. So <laughs> we're having a lot of fun.
2: Sweet. That's exciting. I'm gonna I don't have a smoker, but now I'm tempted to go put my rum out on the grill and check it out
0: and <laughs> yeah, right. see what happens.
2: Yeah. I got a, I got a good old rum. I always have a Roman Coke. I got to mix it up sometime, but I got a good old rum and Coke uh, rum from Jamaica from my friend, Joe, who uh, gave it to me for my birthday. So I'm, I'm excited.
0: So oh, that's great.
2: Have you guys been out and about in the areas that you live in uh, for any hikes lately?
0: Well, uh, we're, we're both up here in Monroe County, New York. So uh, outside, of, uh, well, I live in the city, and uh, Stacy's just outside of the city. And uh, one of the places I'm I'm exploring right now is the uh, the Rochester Riverway, which is uh, the trail along the Genesee River, from uh, from the Charlotte Lighthouse all the way into Genesee Valley Park. So. Uh, it's, a, it's more of a distance trail. It's not really, uh, there, you know, there isn't a whole lot of up and down, which is good for me. So, uh, you know, we've been, been taking that a couple of miles at a time and uh, checking out where it goes.
2: Does, does that have to do with the Erie Canal?
0: No, this is actually the Genesee River. Um, oh, wow. there's a, there's another, the, the 360 mile trail that, that follows the entire Erie canal from Lockport to Albany. That's quite another matter. <laughs>
2: of course, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've done, done uh, several pieces of that for various books, but, uh, but yeah, the riverway is, is a fairly new trail in Rochester. It goes past all of our waterfalls that are in the middle of the city here. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Stash, have you been up here? To, I know you're a waterfall guy. Have you checked out the ones here in town?
2: It's been a very long time since I've been up, up to Rochester. It's been at least like, like 15, 20 years. Um, it's a
1: different place. You won't yeah.
0: recognize it.
2: It's it's very flat, if I remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we have two hills. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I know
2: I know there's a massive waterfall in Rochester that uh, everybody goes to see. What's that called?
0: High Falls. High Falls. Yeah. And we have high falls, middle falls, and lower falls uh, that are um, middle and lower falls are together further north, but high falls is the one right in the middle of the city.
2: It's got the big uh, bridge going over it, correct?
0: Yes. And they're now making it into a state park.
2: Oh, excellent. Good, good, good. Excellent. So that's good. Stacy, how about you?
1: Well, I, I got a dog and I'm always taking the dog out. And, and like Randy said, I mean, there's not a lot of hills around here, but there's a wonderful park called Menta Ponds Park. It's about mm. 2,500 acres. Um, it's just outside the city and it just has small-ish, I guess they're ponds, um, but it has a little bit of elevation. You can go for a good five mile hike. There's a big water tower up in the top of one of the hills and it's got a lot of, um, I guess they're eskers. you know, you're, you're sort of walking along a spine. Um, oh, it's nice. just really a beautiful spot that is so big, and people ride their bikes, and there's cross country runners. There's just, it's just a great park. It's beautiful. So excellent. If you're here, come. We'll go. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> absolutely.
2: I go to the, I go to the Finger Lakes a lot. I have a I have a friend, so it's it's very close.
1: Yes, yes. So, We're like uh, a half hour from the from Canandaigua. That'd be the closest.
2: I'm usually in uh, Penyan. That's where I'm usually.
1: Oh, oh sure. okay. On Cayuga.
2: Yep, that's where my wife went to college. So uh Oh nice. We hang out with my best friend there. So my friend Chad from CP Media, uh who made the intro and the and he's going to make the outro. So shouts out to him from Penyan. I love I love the Finger Lakes. It's it's a whole nother world.
0: Boy, could <laughs> you could you tell our publisher? Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. been trying to sell them a regional hiking guide to the Finger Lakes. For, uh, I've been for now 15 years. And they they just, you know, they're based in Connecticut and they just aren't seeing what, you know, the wonders of hiking up here and all the waterfalls and all the, the gorges and the remarkable places that, that you can go up here. So that's absolutely. uh, Yeah.
1: Hiking doesn't have to just be about height. Yeah, (laughs) no, no, that's right.
2: There's no, I mean, I, uh, I've hiked Several, several, several times in the in the Finger Lakes with my friend Chad. I mean, we've gone on gorge hikes, we've gone on water, you know, small waterfall hikes, and then we've gone on backpacking hikes. Mm-hmm. And that that place offers everything. You know, you do get a view once in a while. I mean, there's not big mountains, but you'll still get a view. You still get the gorges. Mm-hmm. I mean, not everything is is Watkins Glen and Taconic Falls. I mean, there's right. so much more right. out there.
1: Have you been to Letchworth?
2: I have not, to be honest.
1: No. Oh. Yeah. Oh. You got to go there. It's the Grand Canyon of the East.
2: Yeah, that's that's what, that's what I've heard.
0: <laughs> it's really beautiful. Yep, yeah, we were just up there two weeks ago. And yeah, that's uh, any time of year, although especially in the fall when yeah. the waterfalls are really running and the, the foliage is going on. Of course, you're surrounded by foliage there in the Catskills. Yeah. A stunning, stunning place.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I gotta check that out. I gotta get to Letchworth. Uh I've been every other place other than Lechworth. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go there when it's not a lot of people, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, I just went on a, a hike up Burt Knob. I don't know if you did you guys have that in your book? It's we part did. of it. It's
1: yeah, it's the first hike.
2: Nice. One of the uh, best viewpoints of, of one of the greatest ranges that you can ever remember. I went up there with my friend and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. It's a very easy, nice hike. And uh, you could, we went on a course on a Tuesday. So you could, nobody in sight saw maybe like three cars in the parking area.
0: Great.
2: And I enjoyed it. Uh, I've, I mean, I've been up there like 15, 16 times, but um, you can never get tired of that, that view of the Blackheads. It's just stunning. Yes.
1: Yeah, that was a great hike. Did you go to both both ends? Did you go to Acropoint and Burton Knob?
2: No, we just went to burnt knob. We didn't have much time, but I've been to, of course, Acropoint very many times. It's, it's still, it's still, the it's almost, I'm not saying it's the same exact view, but it's, it's definitely no. worth the short hike with yeah. a very, it's not very little elevation gain. It's a decent amount enough to make you sweat, but it's one of those nice pushes that you're like, Ooh, I accomplished something in such a short amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you get the view, the view. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's the reason why I hike. I like the views.
0: Well, that's that's it, and that's one of the things that that uh, when we do a hiking book, uh, and in all the other ones I've done, uh, yeah, the the hikes that we choose have got to have some kind of reason to go. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're trudging around in a circle on a you know (laughs) on a trail through the woods is just not that interesting. Uh, but if you've got a great view, if you've got uh, a waterfall, if you've got uh, a river to see, you know, whatever, whatever that feature might be, that's the thing that that was the number one criterion for what we chose to do in. And uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's historical, like the, uh, uh, I think it's the Delaware and Lehigh Canal going through there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, that 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 uh, turned out to be a much nicer hike than I honestly than I expected uh, with a lot of history, a lot of interesting things. And we saw bears. So yes. <laughs> that was a reason. <laughs> absolutely. To go there. So uh, but that's uh, that's how we begin to choose what goes into these books is what what are people going to see and what are they going to appreciate once they have finished this hike?
2: Of course, a point of interest is what I call it.
0: Yes, exactly. And,
2: I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell a book, uh, you know, you gotta have a point of interest. You can't you can't just be like, yeah, this is a walk through the woods, and you're good. You're not. Right. To be honest, that's not a good way to sell something because you're not going to get any sales.
0: Right. That's exactly right.
2: But, but I also went on a plane crash hike with my friend Joe's and Julie. I am a. Oh. I'm a big plane crash hunter. I don't know if you if you saw the article in the Times Union
0: no no not not a you send
2: it yeah yeah um i could I could send it to you definitely um, I'll actually post it in here actually. Okay. uh, um, my friend Joe and I got uh featured in The Times Union about hiking for plane crashes.
0: no kidding, wow, that's. That that's a really interesting specialty. I've I've written some about that in, in my death in the parks books. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what what one uh, here locally did you did you discover? I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, It's it's, wow. it's
2: very secret. So my friend John, I,
1: I know there's one because I I was oh, there.
2: There's there's very there's very many there's, there's a lot of them. Okay. So me and my friend, Joe, it's mostly my friend, Joe, um, does all the research and stuff. And I hike with him. So Joe, basically Joe, I'm not going to say me and my friend, Joe, but my friend, Joe Ferry, he thinks that there's over 40 crashes in the Catskills.
1: Oh, wow. Probably
2: around 35 that still have some evidence somewhat of, uh, that they're there.
1: Wow.
2: And so far I've visited 23 and he has 28.
1: Okay. So did you go to Ashokan high point? Of course. Yep. Okay. I went. We tried to find the crash. A bear followed us. We ran. we never found found the crash anyway. And then the bear came and that was the end of that. <laughs> that's a
2: that's a hot spot for bears, by the really way.
1: Is it really there? Is is it so, really a crash oh yeah, there? The,
2: the plane crash is seriously right off the trail. You got to travel probably about five feet into thick mountain laurel.
1: I miss
2: it. <laughs> and uh, it, it's there, but that once again you said the bears. Um over there's a shoken high point, and right on the side of it is they call the knob. Um, if you look at a shoken high point, there's two little things. If you go over the knob, it is mm-hmm. a blackberry haven. There's blackberries
1: oh. everywhere.
2: So when they're ripe, the bears will be there and they will be in- intact. And then plus right over there, you got a little rocky. And then you got balsam cap Friday, stuff like that. So they're very remote areas that the bears are present, pretty, pretty well present because nobody goes up to little Rocky and stuff like that to, to hunt. So, Mm -hmm. so you probably just had your, your, a good encounter with a, a very unknown bear. (laughs) But yeah, I think he
1: was interested in the plane crash because we never found it. So
2: (laughs) yeah, that's it's there. It's, it's there. You just got to travel a little tiny bit off trail. You got to know where to travel. Um, same thing with, with me and Joe, um, we know exact points of everything he, he found, he's basically found everyone there's, there's sites right on trails and stuff like that. So if you guys ever want to know the, the easy ones to get to, let me know. It's pretty, it's pretty cool stuff.
1: I think you need to have a little competition. What it would meet, be... you know, I don't know, set up a, a, a purse and, and have people have to make like a geocache kind of thing, but they got to find the plane crash.
2: Oh, the thing is is yeah, we, we Joe has a lot of like time into this. So <laughs> if, if you wanna if you wanna know where a plane crash is, basically you gotta earn it because some of this stuff took him like five years to research, you know, knocking on people's wow. doors, calling people, looking up history. So and with Joe, I will I will help him out once in a while and uh, get him some info. But he is he is a master, he's a plane crash king. So I'll I'll send you guys that. That link of the Times Union article. Hopefully, you can read it because, you know, I, I hate to say that, but they rip you off with like your subscription and stuff like that. So, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you can read it before having to pay a ninety eight cent subscription fee. <laughs> whatever. Thank you, Aaron, for publishing that. By the way, once once again, this is why I'm real. I don't I don't BS anything. I'll tell her like I ain't paying ninety eight cents for that. <laughs> but. Um, So let's move on to some maybe Catskill news. So I have a little, um, uh, a rescue that was done. I'm pretty sure it was a rescue. I just found this out the other, Mm. oh no, it wasn't a rescue. Um, So uh, on August 20th, uh, Forest Ranger Francescina um, received several photos of a couple camped out in the summit of Wittenberg Mountain. Um, Wittenberg Mountain has probably the grandest view of the Catskills. Very open uh, it's a tough hike to the top, and you, of course, cannot camp above 3,500 feet. You can't start fires above 3,500 feet. You shouldn't be starting fires right now. Anyway, so mm-hmm. Francesca and Martin, uh, Ranger Martin, who's a friend of mine, I know him, 1130 a.m., they were up there, but they left the area. Reports were that there was a fire, um, stuff like that. So the Rangers continue on foot and checking the neighboring peach, which is like Terrace Mountain, Cornell Mountain. Um, On their way back to the trailhead at 4 p.m., they found the pair and issued them tickets for camping above 3,500 feet and having a fire above 3,500 feet, which is awesome. Thank you, Rangers, for doing your awesome job of telling people what not to do because, you know, that is very risky crap that you uh, start a fire, especially during these dry times up above where the balsams can catch fire like a snap. So kudos to them. And uh, kudos uh, to the people who reported it, because a lot of people are hesitant to report it now uh, because, you know, social media backlash or stuff like that. So screw those people that did that. Uh, You shouldn't be doing that. You should know the rules if you're climbing in the Catskills or anywhere possible, especially during these dry times. So awesome job to the Rangers hopefully they listen I, I don't think Martin listened. Martin's a cool guy he's uh he's uh we've met him very many times on uh, our SAR drills and stuff like that he's just one of those laid back cool guys that appreciates everything so I'm gonna have to send him this link but once again between March uh, 22nd and December 20th camping has prohibited above 3,500 feet in the Catskills except for an emergency this was not an emergency trust me the pictures show it um, and fires are prohibitive above 4,000 feet in the Adirondacks, 3,500,000 feet in the Catskills. Once again, except for emergency. Really don't need an emergency uh, when it's 65 degrees outside above 3,500 feet. So right. what do you guys think about that stuff?
0: Well, you know, I, um, when I when I write about uh, deaths in the national parks and some of the big state parks, I, I see this kind of thing over and over and over again. Uh, people who, you know, people who are calling rangers because they're tired and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to hike down <laughs> and they think that they're going to send a helicopter like it's a taxi service or, you know, pe- people who just are, are not respectful of the, the natural area that they're in or think that no one's ever going to know what they did. And the thing is, you know, God bless the rangers, uh, and the 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 crap they take from people, and the things that they have to yeah. do, um, you know, to to protect this wonderful wild land so that everyone can en- can enjoy it. Um, you, but you know, you can't fix stupid, <laughs> and that yep. is that is the problem that we see over and over again. Uh, in parks all over the country is that people just do foolish things. And, you know, luckily this, this pair walked out of there, but, and, you know, and managed not to burn the forest down, but you just, you just don't know what people are thinking when they do stuff like this.
2: Correct. I mean, hopefully they're, they're, they're just uneducated. Yeah. so. Like, I mean, that, that's the big problem, you know, and hopefully, you know, that's why I'm doing these, these podcasts is to get the education out there. Um, But, you know, if, if they weren't uneducated, you learned something and you paid for it. Uh, If you were educated, then you should have been fined more or (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But once again, one of those times, that's crazy. Also, uh, remember to volunteer. Two of my friends actually that listen to this podcast have volunteered and they've said they they wouldn't have known about it from the podcast. Uh, Darren White, thank you for volunteering and doing your part on uh, Rock Shelter all the way up to Stopple Point. That's a hell of a, that's a, that's a nice hike um, and it's a beautiful area. So you'll be getting viewpoints galore. So have fun with that, Darren. And my friend, John, who's on the show Quite often, actually, he volunteered to do Scut Road to Inspiration Point, which is along the escarpment trail down there, Cadasco Falls and stuff like that. So he's going to have a fun time basically picking up garbage from uneducated people. Wow. <laughs> but volunteer whenever you can uh, anywhere around the world. If you're if you're listening, uh, we need the volunteers as much as we can.
1: Was it really was it really bad during the pandemic when people were getting out?
2: Oh, my God yeah it was absolutely horrible like um so I a while back I think it was on July 4th of 2020 maybe uh it must have been 2020 um that I went out well, it was July 5th I went out after that to, just on my, on my own time, just to clean up the area. And, uh, below Catterskill Falls, the parking area that's closed off mm-hmm. now is a little parking area. They called that, um, uh, ice climbers route or something like that. Uh, I went down there to clean up and I cleaned up like five massive, huge 33 gallon bags of, of trash Wow! and all within a day. And, uh, you know, just the, the stuff that I had to clean up, you know, grills i found a grill there um wow. trash bags stuff full of of rice and chicken and just wipes all over the place if one person threw a wipe then there was six other people that threw a wipe so it's just it's it's on it's it's uneducated people but at the time of the pandemic it was absolutely horrific wow not just you know here of course around around the states and stuff like that um i mean you guys probably know about the Peekamoose blue hole Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That became a, a leave no trace hotspot and we had to get permits now. Um, I remember going to that one time to do a hike up Peekamoose and I cleaned up uh trash from the garbage can, well, the big huge garbage canister. But they at the time they didn't have bear traps on it. So I'm I'm guessing I'm not gonna blame people for this. I'm gonna blame, you know, that they didn't. Close, fully closed the uh the the garbage area so i guarantee bears got into it and threw it all around because it wasn't concentrated in the area it was everywhere but i would have to blame the uh to be honest uh the dec on that one <laughs> they're gonna kill me
1: well they um, when i was there it was during the pandemic and uh there at pika moose blue hole there were lots and lots of people cars parked everywhere and but there were a lot of um I guess they're rangers or officers and they were, you know, keeping things. I I mean, I felt it was a, it was a great thing to see them there. Right. (laughs) Keeping it organized, keeping people from getting hurt and doing stupid things. Uh, It was so crowded.
2: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Uh, But it's a beautiful place. It's an absolutely stunning place, but
1: don't go on, you know, to be
2: honest. Exactly. Uh, To be honest, I, I, I found the peak of blues pika moose blue hole to be average not even Mm. it's just another another little area that looks pretty cool because it has clear water there's so many other places so but yeah i yeah pandemic was was absolutely horrific here in in the catskills but i understand people wanted to get out people were from new york city basically from the cities i understand i totally understand yeah so how about we uh we go let's let's get away from the bad crap let's talk about some cat's little history how about Great. that sounds
0: good to me I'll
2: be back in time. all right history time all right so this is a uh, bluestone quarries um this is from the Catskills. it's history and how it changed america Steven Silverman. i had him on the show here before he's very awesome i love his stuff i love his book um so hopefully you'll gain some information Uh, about bluestone quarries. So on the record, the first bluestone from the interior of the Catskills to be exported to a distant market was excavated in 1813 from West Brookville in Sullivan County, then sent by wagon down to the village of Rondout, where it was shipped by slop, which is a small sailboat to New York City. At the time, sidewalks from the metropolis was laid back brick or cobblestone, and the New Yorkers were resistant to change so much that this initial shipment was rejected at the dock and accordingly brought back to out by the same slop which it had been sent down to New York, reported by Dorothy Hurlburt, which I know of Herlbert, uh in Otigo Sanderson, a librarian and schoolmistress from Ellaville from 1930 to 1946, and the author of several books in the area. I'm going to have to get her books now. Despite the early rejection, with only a few years, the value properties of the stone were recognized and its customers supplied as dozens of quarries opened in the Catskills. Business was further advanced by the opening of the 108-mile Delaware and Hudson Canal that cut east to west through the Catskills and were linked by athracite fields of northern Pennsylvania with the Hudson River at Kingston. By mid-century, 25 barges, slops, and other vessels compromised the Bluestone feet at the port of the Roundout, but one Hudson River port, which the stone was exported to the rest of the world. By 1869, with the Ulster and Delaware Railroad now connecting points in the Esopus Valley of the Port of Kingston, Bluestone became the Catskill region's second greatest export industry. I'm pretty sure tanning was above that as it was always.
0: Yep.
1: (laughs)
2: Until the end of the 19th century when portland cement, so called because its color resembled the stone quarried on the Isle of Portland off the English coast, had replaced more of the expensive bluestone by constructing city sidewalks and curbs, the Catskills bluestone era was at its peak with bluestone men working quarries numbering as many as 10,000, known as the quarryish, the quarry Irish. They had fled the potato famines of their homelands in the 1840s and were constantly at odds with the locally settled Protestants. They were also greatly distanced from the men they worked for. I'm guessing that they're talking about the rich (laughs) that took over the area. And uh, and previously, once again, I talked about the anti-rent war. Have you ever heard about the anti-rent war?
0: Oh, that's anti-rent. Yeah. No, Tell tell, tell about that.
2: So quick little run through the anti-rent war happened in Andes, New York. If you go through there, when I first started hiking the Catskills at both ends, you'll see home of the anti-rent war. I looked it up pretty cool stuff. So there were rich people that moved in from the, the city up to, to the, the, the higher elevations of the Catskills and the more surrounding parts of the Catskills took over their, over their farms and said they had to pay rent for their farms, which they didn't own. Uh. So these rich people said, you have to pay rent for the land. And they were like, okay, I guess we will. So after a little bit, you know, discussions happened with everybody. People started talking and they're like, wait a minute. These guys don't own this land. Let's rebel against them. So what they did was dress like Calicoon Indians and they would protest in front of their front yards. They would, they wouldn't really protest that bad, but they would light things on fire. They would scare people. And that started the anti-rent war and they would try to push these rich people out of their areas and not pay the rent. So some of the rich people paid money to the sheriff's, the local sheriff's stuff like that um, to to tell them. And it was, it was tough because the sheriffs had really good connections with the locals. So one of the times I'm, I'm trying to remember the whole situation. He says uh, the last name of the, the sheriff was named steel and he said something about bullets bullets can't penetrate steel Uh, and someone shot him at his house and they didn't think it was loaded. So they shot him. And of course that ended everything. And then all of a sudden like craziness happened, but (laughs) it was a pretty cool thing. You're going to have to look it up. It's really to read everything about it, that these guys dressed up like crazy people to scare (laughs) off the rich people was wicked. That's how we us upstaters work, all right? We scare you guys off.
0: <laughs> no, that's a great story.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I did that preview I'm, I'm pretty sure that was one of the first uh histories that I did. And uh a lot of people were amazed by that. And I I I'm, I'm still amazed. I still like to read about it. So it's really cool stuff. So let's let's welcome our guest tonight author Randy Minotaur and Stacey Freed, who just released their book, Hiking and Catskills. I'm excited to have you guys on tonight. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having us. This is a delight. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Anytime. So let's uh, let's go about a little bit of background about you guys. So Randy, um, you can go into any detail as you want. Go right ahead. You go first.
0: Well, I've been writing since I was eight years old. I sold my first story professionally when I was nineteen, and uh, now I'm I'm a lot older than that. But uh, <laughs> had the pleasure of of writing about eighty five books, and the the real highlight of all of that for me is being able to write about the state that I love, New York State, where I was born and raised, and still live and uh, and being able to explore New York the way that, that most people would dream of doing. You know, I've been in every little town in New York state at some point or another, either on a scenic route driving or uh, hiking through. And uh, as well as uh, I, I, I wrote the most recent edition of New York off the beaten path as well. So all kinds of tourism there. Uh, and uh, most of what I write about, honestly, is America's national parks. Uh, so, and I'm best known for the books about uh, the people who go to national parks and don't live to come home. The, the you know, the so-called death books. Uh, so I, I keep an eye out for those stories as well. So it's very interesting, the things that you were sharing earlier. And uh, my husband is the photographer for most of my books. So we, we do an nice. awful lot of this together. Uh, so far, his, his fo- photos have been featured in 35 books that I've written. So that's pretty exciting. And when the publisher came to me and said, okay, you've done Lower Hudson Valley, you've done you know books on, on uh, hiking waterfalls and hiking through history and so on, we'd really like you to do a book on the Catskills. I said, well, you know, the problem is I I can't do the high altitude stuff anymore. My uh, cardiologist has said no. <laughs> so so they said, "Well, get yourself a partner." And God bless Stacy who schlepped her way up all of those all uh, to all the high peaks in the Catskills. So, Stacy, uh, tell tell about your experience.
1: Well, thank you, man. One sec,
2: one sec. Yeah. Randy, Randy, where are you? Where are you from? Rochester, Rochester, born and raised. Yep. Excellent. So total life or New Yorker. Excellent. That's great. Yep. Went, um, to,
0: went to college in Buffalo. So so yeah,
2: someone who loves our state. So that's good. That's good to hear. Yes. So indeed. you know that you know the state well, you're not just someone who, uh, you know, moved from Los Angeles and lives down in the city and just wanted to write books and making money.
0: Oh no, no. This is no, this is my home. And I think it's 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 really kind of tragic that when I when we travel and we tell people we're from New York, they assume we're from the city. Correct. And so I I always have to say far western New York. And when I say it eventually I say, you know, Niagara Falls. Oh yeah, now they know where I live. Yep. So every
2: every time my wife and I travel, people are just like, Oh, where are you from? And we're like, New York, not. New York city. Right. Not way far away. You're, we're green. We're green. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that if I, if I piss off any of my New York friend, city friends, but, uh, I'm very proud of where I live upstate and, uh, and the green land area and the farms and the cows. So, right. But excellent. Well, great. I'm glad you, uh, RFL, New York state. Stacy, what, how about you, your background?
1: Um, well, I grew up in Brooklyn um part Sorry. of my life. <laughs> no, no, it's a great place. And then I moved to Rockland County for high school. I went to Nanuet High School and uh went to Ithaca College. And then I lived in Manhattan for a while. And then I lived in DC for almost 20 years. And then I moved to Rochester. So I've been here about 20 years. So um I'm still a New Yorker. I even when I lived in DC, oh, yeah. I would people would say, Where are you from? I would always say I was from New York you know where you where you start out i think um, i mean
2: you, you gotta you got a taste of the the upstate with ithaca that's a, to be honest oh, yeah. that's in the condensed almost the smack dab middle of new york state
1: yeah central new york Yep. you learn all the different parts of new york right now we say we're from western new york and you know i correct people no i'm not from upstate new york i'm in western new york
2: but um how long how long have you been like writing and stuff like that
1: um, I too have been writing for my whole life. Uh, nice. I've, I've always been a writer or an editor uh, but unlike Randy I don't write books or uh, this is my first book so uh, I mostly write about the housing market and construction and remodeling and design and anything in the built environment um, for the most part and and when Randy said she needed help I thought well this would be something different and interesting and I do love to hike and I I love being outdoors and and my husband was very excited to take photos as well. He he has a camera. He's not a professional, but but he, he was did excited a he took job. Some, he did a good job. He's he really great photos. And uh anyway, so so I I took up the challenge and uh he and I stayed in Saugerty's at an Airbnb and uh for about 10 days and we hiked a hundred miles in nine and a half days. Wow. Yes. Impressive. we just got up every morning, pretty much the crack of dawn, and started hiking. And, you know, we got to the point where we would go for a five or six-mile hike and eat some lunch and then say, okay, where are we going this afternoon? And then off we'd go on another hike. So I think our longest was a 16-mile day. Nice. Um, But but mostly, um, you know, we do one or two hikes. And we mixed it in. You know, even though Randy wanted me to do the higher ones, I did – Many of the higher ones were more difficult ones, but then we'd throw in like, you know, the um, the rail trail um, yeah. not far yeah. from socrates you know, that is so beautiful. And you're not in yep. the Catskills, but the whole backdrop of the Catskills as you as you're just taking a nice walk, a leisurely walk for five miles along the, the, um, the reservoir, the Ashokan Reservoir. So beautiful.
2: Yeah. Was that your first visit to Catskills?
1: Uh, No, I've been to the Catskills as a kid. I think, well, really Mohonk. I mean, I'd been to Mohonk, um, which isn't really the Catskills, Um, but I'd been through there. I think I went to summer camp somewhere along the way. Um, And then, of course, there's the the Borscht Belt Catskills. You know, my parents Mm -hmm. met at the Nevely or something.
2: Oh, the Nevely. I love that. You know, I never knew. The funny thing is my friend told me that's 11 spelled backwards.
0: Yeah. Isn't that funny?
2: My friend Steve, I had him on here for the Borscht Belt, and he worked at the Nevoli, and he was oh, a photographer fun. there. And it's just, I need to get him back on here. I need if you guys have any like people that you know from straight up from that experience the Nevoli and that experience the other parts of the Borscht Belt, please let me know. I am fascinated with the well, Borscht one, Belt.
1: One of my neighbors actually, his name is I don't know if I should say his name. Should I say his name? Um, anyway, he his family owned. I want to say it's the Nevely. I'm pretty sure no that's way. the hotel. Yeah,
2: Hook it, me up, please. That would be so good. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I would. And the
2: Nevely is one of the, the more beautiful spots or the beautiful resorts in the Catskills. It was more more high-end kind of. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. And that's still somewhat intact too. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And then, of course, there's the bungalow colonies. Oh, like, yeah. My cousins went to Homowack and I would oh. visit them at the home away
2: <laughs> Wow, that's a wow. very different kind of name.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. Did you ever see the movie Walk? It's a Walk on the Moon with Vigo Mortensen. Why no. does that sound familiar? So it takes place. Well, it's really it's Woodstock, but um, it's the summer '69, and he's the he's a I a guy. You know what a schmata is?
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: it's a, yeah, it, it's a rag. Um, anyway, he, he's the schmata guy he comes to the to the um, to the uh, bungalow colony where all the you know, all the Jewish ladies from from the city have come with their kids and he sells them their you know, like cotton garments for the summer. And uh, I think it's Diane Lane is one of the moms and she falls for him and they proceed to have this. Fling, interesting. And there's Woodstock and there's a walk on the moon. You know, all these things are happening that summer, anyway. It's a great movie,
2: <laughs> interesting. So, <laughs> I'll walk I'll on the moon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in the notes to see if on the moon I got to remember that.
1: Maybe you should do a like you know, movies in the Catskills,
2: right? I mean, oh, really, yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot. Of course, everybody knows Dirty Dancing never yes. found that movie to be interesting sorry <laughs> um so um so what uh, randy let's go over with you first what got you into writing books eight eight years old that's that's a really early age to to be interested in writing that's incredible
0: well you know what when, when i was eight my i had a brother who was eight years older than me so he was 16 and he came home with an assignment from English class. He had to write a five paragraph theme um, and he described what that was, you know, the introduction, three paragraphs and then a conclusion. And and I said, oh, that sounds like fun. Go figure. You know, an eight year old thinks that that's going to be fun. I wrote one, too. He read it. He took it into his teacher. He got a C. <laughs> nice. He got a C. I got a B plus. So, so I was off and running. You know, at that point, my third grade teacher started encouraging me, and and it just went from there. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, the late nineties I I came up with an idea for a book, um, a book that that became my first book, Breadwinner Wives and the Men They Marry about women at the time. It was a scandalous thing that women could make more money than their husbands. Um, it was not, no one had written about it. It was a completely new topic. I, I did primary research. I pretended I was a sociologist. I wrote this book. Um, I had publicity all over the country, you know, that, that was all great. Um, you know, a lot of fun, but, uh, wasn't really where my heart was after that. And, you know, you go into what, what they call second book What are you <laughs> going to do next? Yeah. And it took me four years to figure it out that what I really wanted to be was a travel writer and write about the national parks. Uh, so I wrote, a, uh, I wrote a proposal to Falcon Guides, uh, who is still our publisher, and uh, they not only did they buy my proposal for a book about the passport to your national parks program and where to find all those passport stamps all through mm-hmm. the, the national parks, uh, not only did they buy it, but they turned it into a nine book series. So I went nice. from being the author of one book to the author of 10 books. And uh, then they just kept coming back to me and saying, "Gee, we're starting this new series. Could you help us figure out how to make it work?" And you know, over time, uh, I just wrote a whole bunch of books for them and for their, for others in their in their publishing group, uh, Lions Press and the Globe Pequot Press. And that has just snowballed over time. It's been Excellent. great.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I have your book right here, Falcon guides. You've also, um, are, are you with the American hiking society, correct?
0: Uh, they are. Yes,
2: they are. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's, that's really big. So that's, that's a big yeah. approval because the American hiking society of course is, is huge. You can see that all over the mm-hmm. place, uh, uniting with uh national geographic and stuff like that. So that's awesome. So right. that that's pretty high appraisal for both of you, uh, to be approved by, I mean, Falcon guides and the American hiking society. So that had to go through a lot of people to be, to be published really, because not many people from the American hiking society would, would select a mediocre writer to do oh, yeah. something about the Catskill. So that's great for you, both of you. Um, well, amazing. You. So once again, like, like I said, I, I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed it very thoroughly. And it's, it's tough to get me hooked on that stuff. So.
1: <laughs> well, we did a lot of research. Um, of course, a lot went into, you know, not just the actual hikes, but then writing up the hikes and then researching history and, and you know, stories and things that have happened in the Catskills. So,
2: mm-hmm. so Stacey, yeah. what got you into writing?
1: Um, You know, kind of like Randy, like I was always writing as a kid. I would write letters. I was always I'd write papers for friends. I, too, wrote a paper for my cousin when she was in high school and I was in elementary school. It's funny. I don't know. I've always just liked writing. So it's just something I knew I always wanted to do, you know. I'd love to, I've been working on a piece of fiction for years, but I've come to see this novel that I'm working on as a, as a kind of a garden. I go in, I pull weeds, I, I replant, <laughs> I plant new things, get rid of stuff. And I don't know that I'll ever be done, but it's something that I tend to. Um, but to make money, I, I write uh, for magazines and blogs and newsletters and you name it. I write all kinds of things. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent.
2: That's great. Um, so, uh, Stacey, I know this is your first book, but Randy, you have several other books mm-hmm. now. I had, when you contacted me, um, to be honest, I think you're the first person to contact me that wanted to do a uh, uh, an interview, which is which is crazy. I was just like, who the hell is this? So <laughs> i I looked up your background, and there's a lot of awesome stuff. You know, I I just recently went to Zion National Park. And there's a book about death in Zion. And, you know, yes. I'm just like, at first, I'm like, man, that's a little sketchy. But it's it's actually a pretty wicked book. Um, <laughs> and then you also have Death in Glacier National Park, yep. correct? What else do you yes. have?
0: Um, I also did Death on Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Uh, Death on Katahdin, the highest mountain in Maine, which is really a book about Baxter State Park, because yeah. not that many people have died on Katahdin, uh, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the park, including some of those plane crashes. And that mm-hmm. if you haven't been up there, that's that's a thing to look into as well. Um, and uh, I just finished, or I well, I, it's coming out next week. In fact, Death in the Everglades. <laughs> which is the creepiest of the books in this series Um, that it's uh, mostly murders. Uh, Turns (laughs) out the Everglades are one of the top five body dump sites in America because that (laughs) Everglades mud just sucks those, you know, sucks the body in and dissolves it. So uh, lots of people come from all over the country to dump their body there. Uh, so wow. it's, uh, it's a, a lot of pretty, pretty gory stuff down there, much more than I expected. And by the way, alligators.
2: So, so, so are these, uh, are these books, uh, about the deaths? Are they fiction or nonfiction?
0: Oh, they're nonfiction. They're about, wow. about real, real people doing, um, sometimes just, you know, very sad things and sometimes really stupid things. Um, you know, people, I, I did Death in Rocky Mountain National Park, which has uh, Long's Peak, which is a 14,000 foot mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, more, than, more than 70 people have died on this mountain. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, it took me half a book just to talk about that. Uh, there's, you know, there's an awful lot of people that don't realize how out of their element they are until they're out there. Um, in the wilderness and realize that they did not prepare well enough, or they didn't hear the weather report, or they, they are just in over their heads. they just don't have the skills necessary to, to get themselves home. Um, And then there's some people who just fall off of things. Yep. And, you know, tragic
2: uh, accidents.
0: Right. And storms and all kinds of things. How do you do the research? Um, Yeah, Correct. Boy, uh, you know, the wonderful thing about this era that we're living in is that uh, just about every daily newspaper in the country has put their archives online and most of them are in one or two repositories. So uh, by subscribing to this, um, I can access just about every newspaper in the country as far back as the 1700s.
2: Oh, wow.
0: For those. Yeah. Some of them go back into the 1790s. So um, so I'm able to find the coverage of these these events. And then sometimes the National Park will work with me. Um, Acadia National Park in particular was more than happy to open their files to me. Uh, Rocky Mountain told me to get lost. Oh, wow. (laughs) That happens. Uh, so they don't want anything to do with the fact that, that hundreds of people have died in their park. Mm-hmm. So, um, so sometimes I have to dig, sometimes I have to do FOIA requests. Um, and you know, some, sometimes I can find people to interview. Uh, mostly people don't want to talk about it if they, if they survived yeah. something and someone else died. Uh, but sometimes you meet people who are willing to, to chat with you. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, it's intense. Um and I got to say after the Everglades I I need a break. <laughs> you know, those were <laughs> yeah. just terrible. Uh, so, yeah, that's what uh,
2: you know my that's what my friend Joe goes through. He says he goes to your know, public libraries, checks out archives, asks mm-hmm. questions, you know, of local people, you know, asks questions of former rangers or stuff like that. Former yep. people who have seen stuff and he says it's, you know, it's it's a hassle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it ab- it absolutely is. Um, no, I have spent um, quite a bit of time in the attics of dusty libraries or going through microfilm. Remember microfilm? Mm. You know, those spools of that stuff? Yeah. Um, yep yep, exactly. still doing doing some of that. And one one library in particular that where they they hadn't even most of them have have taken steps to preserve if they're still working with paper newspapers. Uh, But this one in particular, they were just stacked in a corner Mm. and there I was peeling them off there with, you know, paper crumbling and, and things like that. So, you know, you see some of that, too. And and sometimes you can't find a single thing about something about the thing that you're looking for. And sometimes you find just a wealth. Yeah. Um trial transcripts, things like that that are really fascinating.
2: Awesome. That's crazy. Hopefully uh I will be purchasing some more books now. Oh, <laughs> I'd like to so I like much. to read that stuff. Um so uh what about the hiking books? Uh you, you guys you, you two have published maybe Randy I know you have published a couple. Um mm-hmm. what uh, other ones uh specifically New York State? located so
0: um well my bestseller is hiking waterfalls in new york we're on the second edition of that one and i know that's your passion too uh so um what the the thing about how we chose because you know there are hundreds and hundreds of waterfalls in, in new york state we uh we made the decision that they should all of the ones we included should all be on public land so that reduced the, oh, the supply yeah. by, by quite a bit. We didn't want people wandering off onto somebody's, somebody's property without realizing that's what they were doing. So, um, so we have uh, just about 200 waterfalls in the book. And, uh, and some of them, some of them you can drive up to, you know, Niagara Falls for, for, you know, for instance. Um, And some of them, some of them are really pretty significant hikes. So um, that one is very popular with people. People tell me that they've planned whole weekends around, you know, we can hit six waterfalls. So, so they go out and do that. Uh, so that, that one's very popular um, hiking through history. New York uh, was a lot of fun uh, finding hikes that specifically had something that happened there. Um, that was, that was, Oh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask that question. Some of it. Yeah. So that, so that was, that was an interesting journey. Um, we also did hiking the lower Hudson Valley. Uh, some of which has some overlap with the Catskills.
2: Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's right. It's right next door.
0: Yes. Yes. And the, the thing about hiking in the Hudson Valley is that all the hikes start at sea level and go up. So yep. it's very strenuous stuff, uh, especially for a couple in their 60s. So uh, so that was um, it. You know, every every hike in there has a payoff, though, with a gorgeous view at the end. You know, yep. you get to the top of Bear or Anthony's nose or some of the you know beacon and you you can see for miles and it just totally makes it worth it
1: yeah
2: yeah and uh the waterfalls of course you once once again said it's my specialty a lot of people don't know um sort of my background i'm in a organization called dig the falls and what we do is oh. preserve waterfalls in new york state uh, we have several book publishers actually um edward smathers who did waterfalls of new york state um and there is Russ. Oh my God, I forgot his name. His last name, Russell Brook. Mm, yes, he's a he's a big waterfall kind of guy. And uh so, if if you're ever if you ever get the chance, check out Dig the Falls. We list over oh, I forget thirteen hundred waterfalls, but they're all on state. They're all on public land. Any private property is taken off of there. So if you guys want oh, to check great. out some. If you want more waterfalls, check it out. Cause we have some crazy ones to get to, but yeah, waterfalls are, are my specialty. It's what it got me into hiking. You know, I was up in the um, Finger Lakes with my friends and they led me to all these different gorges, Grimes Glen, Clark's Gully. Oh yeah. Grimes Glen is absolutely fascinating. Yes. What else was the other one? We, we went up to a lot in Naples. The Naples was our area. We went to the high tour management area. Oh, sure. We hiked all, we backpacked all around that. And that was fantastic. My first backpacking experience, and I was totally unprepared.
0: <laughs> oh, you wow. Learn. No kidding.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't have a headlamp, so I used a little lamp or a little flashlight to to walk around and do things. And these guys are doing things with their headlamp, and they're seeing things. And I'm like having it in my mouth and trying to make my my dinner while having it in my mouth. And
1: <laughs>
2: absolutely ridiculous. But wow, excellent! So waterfalls, uh, hiking, history. Uh, well, we just talked sort of about your your waterfalls uh, book. What's your favorite waterfall in New York State?
0: Oh man, that that uh, is a that that's a tough tough question. I adore Catterskill. You know, it's not hard to get to. It's a little slippery, but nothing major. And then what a payoff!
1: Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> you know that that stunning thing, you know, with the with the two levels and and all of that, you could just sit there all day, you know, and look at that. Uh, that and there's nobody there. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when <laughs> does that happen?
2: Right uh, nowadays.
0: But, yeah, that's a beauty, but also uh, Tagonic Falls in outside of Ithaca is also you know just that that straight down curtain waterfall is is you know, like, like nothing you're else you're going to see in New York state. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And the fact that you can get right up close to it and even kind of hang out in the plunge pool, yeah. uh, that's, that's pretty significant. So that's yeah. a beautiful place. Stacey, how about you? Um, I mean,
1: I've been to the ones Randy's talked about. They're, they're beautiful. And I know it sounds silly, but I love Niagara Falls. <laughs> because oh, I oh, love yeah. going on the Maid of the Mist. I yep. love being in the water right the sound it's just just amazing
2: the sheer power of niagara falls is just absolutely fascinating it's you know yeah i mean it's massive it's absolutely massive it's not the biggest drop you think you 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 go there if you're if that's the only waterfall you go there you think that's the biggest waterfall in the world no
0: no it isn't
2: not at all but
1: But the power
2: yeah the power of it hearing that sound looking at that mist going up like 200 feet in the air it's yes. just, it's absolutely magical. And uh, it's just that, that's that's what kind of gets you hooked on waterfalls. And then, you know, you go from there. And like you said, Catterskill Falls, I've been to Catterskill Falls in every season. And uh, we've gone there. I've, I don't know how many times I've gone there with absolutely nobody there. And I've taken some of the best pictures. My friend is uh, on the bottom of it. And the, the size of him compared to the waterfall is absolutely yeah. astronomical. <laughs> And, uh, it's beautiful. So two awesome, good places, you know, Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite. I don't know if I have a favorite. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've been to some places that no, very, very, very few have been. So, uh, question. I'll come back to you on that. So, um, (laughs) what about your book, uh, hiking through history in New York? What does that have to, what does that intertwine with? Like, I'm very curious.
0: Uh, well, uh, we've got everything in there from the Erie Canal to uh, with, and several several pieces of the Erie Canal. To um, there's a couple of walks to lighthouses that have stories. In particular, on Long Island uh, at Fire Island, there's a there's a, a lighthouse that has uh, has considerable tales to tell. Uh, there's also a Camp Hero on Long Island that. Uh, I think not very many people get to. We sure didn't run into anybody there, but there are munitions there. That was a missile site, oh, wow. and you know, just really fascinating that that in World War II this was defense, uh, just in case anybody ever tried to to attack us from the on the East Coast. We have uh, the. Uh, uh, upper Delaware River and the Roebling Bridge down there. Uh, that that's in there. There's uh, Minisink Battlefield, also. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, which is you know also a Revolutionary War battlefield. I tried to cover um, as many wars <laughs> as I can. Yeah, yeah. Because New York has been pivotal in so much of that. Saratoga Battlefield, which is a national park in in you know outside of Saratoga Springs. Uh, where the the uh, the Revolutionary War turned at, at Saratoga, and uh, in in our favor, obviously, yeah. and that had there's a wonderful hike through there that's about six miles as you go through the whole battlefield and and lots of fields of wildflowers and cemetery and you know all of the all the various facets of of that battle. And where where people just had to sit and wait for things to happen, wow. um, you know, hold uh, what at the time, you know, we think of we think of a big battle now as being tens of thousands of soldiers because World War I mm. uh, and the Civil War were like that. Well, at Saratoga, it was only a few hundred people, and you know, and England came in with with not as many as were amassed there and it, but that as many as the americans had amassed there and the americans took them out wow and uh and you can walk that whole battlefield and see exactly where those things happened and see the redoubts and see the uh the all the defenses that they built all the the soil oh, defenses. like
2: the bunkers and stuff like that
0: yeah things like all all of those things that they built yes that's, wow. uh, you know, you see all of, all of those things, uh, still in place, you know, carefully preserved. So it's definitely worth making the trip, but those are, those are the kinds of things that we, that we, you know, put together, uh, to tell people some of the history of New York, because there's so much history here.
2: Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, I had that a conversation with Steven uh, Silverman before about the Catskills history. And, uh, he, he made a good point that Catskills history like changed America. It started yes. America that's because right. it's where people moved to and then started working, you know, the tanneries, the blue stone quarries, the farming, stuff like that. It's just, and that's just a fraction of it. Like you, you wrote a book about every part. There's so many different pieces of history in, in New York state that, that started America, that expanded America. It's, it's absolutely insane. So that's, that's cool. I'll definitely have to check that one out.
1: And began conservation. I mean, the Catskills. Um, Correct. Yeah, the whole movement for conservation.
2: Yep, and the Catskills were were one of the first the first conservation areas in in the United States. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Right. So impressive. So, um, let's get onto the 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 other stuff that, that we were supposed to talk about the whole time, (laughs) your your book about hiking in the Catskills. So uh, what got you guys into uh, making a book about hiking in the Catskills? Randy, we'll start with you. And then of course it'll go into Stacy because Stacy was a fellow writer in this. So.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the publisher requested it. I mean, that, that was, you know, just to start, it was an assignment, but what a great assignment. Um, And taking a taking a close look at an area that had been something in my consciousness since I was a little kid. I mean, my parents were always talking about going to the Catskills and seeing seeing the comedians at the Concord and all all yeah. of those things. And, uh, you know the 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 reality of it being such a wide, open space, uh, that, you know, and well-preserved and very carefully preserved, you know, along with all these luxury hotels. Uh, what a dichotomy. So it had always been in the back of my mind as a beautiful place to go. And when we worked on the Waterfalls book and and the history book, we certainly did spend a lot of time in the Catskills. We also did a book called Scenic Driving New York that that, oh, nice. uh, that took us, you know, on all of those gorgeous routes through those beautiful drives. So, uh, so all of those things were there. And then the question is always, you know, when you're, when you're on those roads, well, what happens if I go back there?
2: Yeah,
0: And that's, that's really what pulls you into, into the wilderness. Um, the other thing that hasn't come up yet is I'm a, I'm a very passionate birder and I've done a whole bunch of birding books as well. Oh. So, um, so, uh, Having the opportunity to explore places that are well known in the Catskills for their hawks, uh, for uh, grasslands, open grasslands with with lots of grassland birds. those were things that were also very exciting. so while while Stacy, God bless her, went up the went up <laughs> the mountains, um I hit the valleys and looked at things like Shangun grasslands which is uh, one of one of the most successful bobolink colonies in the country. And just tremendous amounts of bobolink meadowlark. There's nesting American kestrels that you can see from the trail. Uh, uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful place, you know, in the shadow of New Paltz and, you know, absolutely some places I think most people don't go. But like you said, you know, rather than just just focus on the high peaks, I wanted to really explore some of the some of the low areas, some of the valleys and, and some of the rail trails and things like that. So that's what pulled me into the Catskills uh, stays.
1: <laughs> well, you know, Ra- Randy pulled me into this because she needed help, and I just thought this would be such a fun adventure. Um, I hadn't hiked much in the Catskills, and it just seemed, you know, we live in Rochester, and everyone around here goes to the Adirondacks. And I thought it's the same yeah. four hours in the car. Why right. don't people go to the Catskills? And it was such a great trip. I went a couple times uh, over the, you know, over the course of writing this, but the the one concentrated time when I'd spent the. Uh, I think it was 12 days there. It was just so beautiful. And we drove into Woodstock and we went, found a swimming hole and we, and we'd hike and then we'd find another swimming hole. We we would drive within a half hour or an hour drive from Socrates And it was just perfect. Uh, we had, there was, there were restaurants and places to go when we at night, and then we'd get up the next day and do it again. It was really, it was just a, a great adventure. So I'm really grateful to Randy for, for asking me to do this. <laughs>
2: yeah and definitely you know when you when you hike the the low and the high elevations you get to definitely get a a feel of the differences of the Catskills. you know you have easy stuff down low and then all of a sudden you get up a little bit higher and then it starts to get treacherous and it gets scary and uh, a lot of the times people underestimate the Catskills. oh yeah it's it's only like 3500 feet Right. But that also has 3,500 feet of treacherous crap that'll take you maybe two hours to get up only. Gnarly
1: roots while. and rocks and, you know, mud and stream beds. You got to cross over. Was, uh, there was a lot going on. Definitely. And, and I know it's not in the Catskills, but we like to say it was in the shadow of the Catskills. We did some over in uh, Minnewaska oh, And yeah. I went up Bontacue Crag and I climbed up those giant boulders on that scramble um, and it was really difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. So there is a path people can walk around. But um, I went with someone who had done it many times. And there, there are marks for handholds. Um, but it was it was very challenging, that one hike. Yeah.
2: The gunks are are very underestimated, too. People are yeah. like, oh, the New York City, we're right there. Let's go check it out. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to go up these slabs with tennis shoes and these yeah. massive... Rock boulders that you're just like, how the hell do I get around this? Because you have no idea how to maneuver around the rock boulder. So, yeah, good stuff, excellent. Yeah, so um, I'm, you know, being in the Catskills, not not say per se for your first time, but what was your impressions when you came into the Catskills? Were you just like, you know, every time I drive into the Catskills, I'm like, holy shit, this is beautiful. Every single time, whether there's clouds or anything like that, I still love it. Do you guys, are, did you feel the same way?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. It's vast. I mean, you don't realize yeah. how big it is. You look at a map maybe, but once you're there, there, there aren't a lot of houses. There's not, there aren't that many people really. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of beautiful open space.
2: And the small towns are beautiful.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, in contrast with the with the Adirondacks where we've also spent quite a bit of time, the that's the thing about the Catskills is is fewer people and more, boy, more 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 open land. you know mm. I mean there, there are there are the mountains, but there's also just you know there there's that that one route. I think it's 23. Yep. Am I right? Yeah, that that you know, you go up and it, it's it's just one green hill after another after another after another like somebody, you know, crumpled up green <laughs> paper and and just, you know, created this amazing landscape. Yeah. yeah, it takes your breath away. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Just driving through there, you know, you go through like you said 23 goes through like Prattsville and uh Hunter Mountain or Hunter area, you know, stuff like that. And it's it's an absolutely fascinating drive. I mean, the Adirondacks are are fascinating too, and it's vast. It's vast area, but the Catskills, I don't know, has that that feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Always, it always does. So, um, when you guys have gone on the all these hikes uh, in the Catskills to do the research for the book, uh, Randy, what's your favorite hike that you've been on in the Catskills? Oh
0: man, boy, you know that's a tough one, but I, I. One that I have come back to again and again is North South Lake.
2: Nice.
0: uh, Yeah. The, the escarpment there, I, I, it's, it's challenging enough to make you feel like you did something, but every time you turn around, there's another gorgeous view. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that it, it just, it's the whole package. And, Um, You know, plus plus the history of Catskill Mountain House and, you know, the things that went on there as well.
2: Oh, yeah. The history was a fascinating thing. You just look around and you're like, how the hell did they do this?
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. How did how did they manage to construct something up here? And, you know, then you fold into that, the Hudson River School of Painting and the fact that you can stand where those painters stood and see exactly what they saw, because it mm-hmm. really hasn't changed particularly oh. since they were there, uh, which is really to the credit of the people maintaining Catskill Park, that, that that things are just as beautiful as they were 100 years ago. Correct. So, yeah, yeah that, I think that one's my fave.
2: Yeah. I, I, I adore that area anytime I can you know get over there and shoot over there. there's viewpoints after viewpoints that's for viewpoints history after history after history it is just absolutely fast and the hotels it's it's one of my favorite uh, topics to talk about. I love the hotels up there and just mm-hmm. thinking that they build a 600 room hotel two of them in that little area was, right. is absolutely amazing And then right off the side of Catterskill, Falls was a, I think it was a hundred room or 50 to a hundred room. The Laurel house. Unbelievable. Yes. Absolutely. Fascinating. Good, good choice. Very good choice. <laughs> Stacy, how about you? You, you did some pretty good, cool hikes. You did some high peaks hikes too. So
1: I, I did, but I'm not going to say those were my favorite. Cause two of my favorites were pretty easy ones. And just because, so one of them looking in the book here, but Huckleberry Point trail yeah. was just beautiful and I, maybe it was the time of the day that we got up there it was early uh, early mid-morning and just the sun and you get up to the top and the hawks are flying on the thermals and the view was stunning and there's blueberries to eat <laughs> yeah uh, that was a really great one it's not a tough hike it was just a beautiful hike and the other one i loved was dibbles quarry which is not again not a hard oh hike. yeah but when you get to the top you get these big blue stone thrones to sit in and oh, beautiful yeah. and you get a great view. Um but if you know if you had kids or what I didn't have any kids with me, but it's a great hike. I, I can see you know a kid's just having a great time.
2: Of course. Any any of the the high peaks that you uh did or any of the things that you hated actually that's that's a question because there's um,
1: I didn't really hate any of the things that we did. And um I loved going up the fire towers. Those were, oh, yeah. I went on uh, two of them, but um, the Red Hill fire tower, we actually, we get there and we, again, not, it wasn't that hard a hike, but we get there. And um, there were some other folks there that there's like picnic tables and we're all hanging out and people are kind of taking their turns to go up to the top of the, um, the fire tower. And this couple behind us has this big backpack on their back and they put it down on the table and they took a cat, on a leash out of the bag nice and they start walking the cat around at the picnic tables and then we took our turn we hike up to the top and we see this magnificent view view of I don't know seven states or whatever it is it's unbelievable and we come down and sure enough they're on their way up with the cat in their backpack so that they could show the cat the food.
0: Aww. wow
1: I'm not a cat person but it was it was cute it
2: was adorable <laughs> right <laughs> Randy, that's but, that's one that you, I mean, that's not high of elevation, so you could probably do that one.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, those are some of the ones that Stacey did that I know I have to go back and do because they just she made them sound so great.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you could do well, what have you done? What, what was it you've done on the escarpment? I mean, if you can do some of the escarpment, then you could do that one. That one's very, very easy. And it's worth it. Absolutely worth it.
0: Great. Right, so, excellent. Good choices. Yeah. Two recommendations then. Okay. Um, I will put it on my list.
2: Definitely. So um, I have a little thing at towards the end of the show. I think this concludes the the most of the show we've been at it for almost an hour and a half. Awesome. I, I didn't think it would go this long, but hell yeah. Um, so <laughs> I have a thing called post hike and bites. Uh, thank you for Mary oh. T for suggesting this any places when you guys were in the Catskills that you visited, that you would suggest to people to go and have a drink or a some food.
1: Hmm. Mm. Um, over by West Kill, and I'm trying to find the name of it, there's a brewery.
2: Oh, West Kill Brewing.
1: Yeah, so they're not always open, but if they're open, I know.
2: Yes, I agree. Um, and they just got food there, which is oh I, great. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a big brew guy. I like uh as like I said, I like rum, I like liquor. Um, so like my wife and I, whenever we go hiking there we we never really go there because it was just all you know i p a s and stuff like that, but they have food there now, so we're gonna stop there nice, so that's a good good suggestion. Everybody loves West Kilburn, Randy, how about you? anything
0: boy, I'm trying to think um because. It's, it's not something we do much of Uh, when we, when we travel, we honestly bring, you know, peanut butter and jelly and try to do this as, as, uh, what's the word I want? Inexpensive. That's the word I want. Right, right. I, I didn't want to say cheap, but, but that's, yeah. So we, we don't do a lot of eating out on the road, at least not, you know, um, not in that area. We didn't. And also it was COVID.
1: So, yeah. Oh, we yeah. were
0: doing this during COVID. So we didn't eat out much. I, I'm sorry to say. Um, mm, it's but, okay. you know, the thing the thing we we do always manage to do though is ice cream.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and I know that we that there were a number of places along there where we stopped for ice cream. And and in in particular, what what occurs to me is uh, is it Mount Tremper where the 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 world's largest kaleidoscope is.
2: Yep, the Emerson Resort.
0: Right, and they have that most that totally amazing ice cream there okay. <laughs> at the resort.
2: I will put uh, that in the show notes. Excellent at resort. Oh, you
0: know what? We had a, a really
1: nice lunch at Mama's Boy Burgers in Tannersville oh, yeah. after ah. hiking one day. I don't eat burgers, yep. but I don't remember what I ate. But whatever it was, it was good. But I don't know if it's because we were just really hungry because we'd hike yep. all morning.
2: Tannersville, my 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 favorite town is tannersville oh, i love that <laughs> town i love that town uh i'm going to suggest mcgregor's uh hunter right across from the ski resort check that out it's a brew and pub nice
0: oh great
2: great place so excellent well thank you guys very much for for joining me on the show i i really thank had you. fun and i really appreciate it
0: oh thank you so much really appreciate you you being willing to talk with us and and uh reflect about how great it is to hike in the Catskills.
2: Yeah. 100%. I will do it anytime. Trust me. So uh, hopefully you guys have a good night and uh, hopefully this book takes off and, and gets people to everywhere in the Catskills that they can go to.
1: Well, yeah. but thanks so hey, much. If you're bored on Thursday, come to Rochester, We're having a little book launch party.
2: Oh, <laughs> Thursday. I, I'm September
1: 1st. My- yep.
2: Not be able to make it. <laughs> so excellent! Thank thanks. you guys for uh, joining me on the show.
0: Thank you, thank you, thanks so much. Right.
2: Have a good night. Bye. Thank, thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoy the show, subscribe and throw down a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you use. You can also check out daily updates of the podcast and my hikes and also memes on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, and the official website of the show. This isn't a goodbye. This is a see
1: you later. Hopefully. <laughs>